battery operated, but uh, we've always had it tied to just an external battery pack, and it's worked really well. This thing lasts for like 20 podcasts. Off oh, of it's going to, that's the battery pack. This is the battery, it. yeah. So, oh, you thought, no. I thought that was a. So the hard drive's the little SD disc. It's a 64 gig, which is basically like a fucking hard drive. Yeah, it's a ton Dude, for you, audio. Could you imagine going back 10 years and be like, I will hold 64 gigabytes in the space of like a quarter, essentially. Yep. Like, no. Yeah, that no, it's terabytes. Yeah, it's it's insane. So yeah, little 64 gig card. Um, the This process is everything. These clean up the sound. And uh, so far we've had a, we've had a really high quality production, even when we're on location. So it's, it's worked out pretty nice. Yeah, it's red. All right. So what I will do, I'll do the intro and then we're going to, there's going to be some stupid music, which I haven't, so I haven't figured out the fucking music yet. Like the music is, is like one of those things where we had one. I always felt like we were kind of culturally appropriating the Indian culture because it sounded like, you know, like an Indian, like war chant, even though it was like a dude, like, yeah, I'm stoked. And he's like, like, I don't know what you would call wailing to the beat. Um, but I, I feel like I need something different to like, now that it's like a kind of a new podcast, I'm kind of doing it on my own now versus me and Frank having done it in the past. Uh, trying to figure out what the new sound is going to be. But there's a little kind of like, fun uplifting song i found so that's what you guys probably just heard welcome to another episode of rig for dirt and uh the little back and forth has been with uh mr daniel ello here at tiny rig what's up Dan? you know figured i'd just go straight into the intro like i get to do whatever the hell i want now. i didn't know you were recording oh yeah no <laughs> no i see it's like it's like that little like uh that little moment before you have to get nervous is where you're the most comfortable and that's uh, sometimes I like to capture those little back and forths, sure. those, little, those little preemptive ones. But dude, so let's see, where do I start? Sometimes we start from the beginning, which sometimes precedes where I'm at. So I was at, um, I was at Rick Fest. You guys uh, have probably already listened to the episode with Jared from the average overlanders, uh, which released on what's today, the 13th, 14, 15. Releases in three days and about two weeks prior to you hearing this one, which is crazy. Like you travel in time through these damn podcasts. Um, and then uh, we basically did our podcast that night. It was like extremely windy. I think I got three hours of sleep and then I woke up in the morning and you guys can go check this out on either the Kate, the Jeep account and I'll post it again on Rick for dirt, but to the most amazing eggs Benedict. Oh, wow. Like, straight up the best breakfast I've ever had at camp. Like, uh, it was my buddy, Steve Gonzalez. Uh, he goes by Gonzo Overland. Uh, there's only one O both words share. Um, he's the time. Like, you know, somebody's good at cooking when their timing is right. Yeah. Like the eggs go in, they're not overcooked. The yolk is perfect. Like when you break it, it's like perfectly runny. The bacon was still crispy. Like everything was timed. Perfect. His like, the, the English muffins were toasted like to perfect, like, I, I don't know. I, I just literally, I haven't had it that good at a restaurant, yeah. some restaurants, let alone at camp and talking to him a little bit, you know, you can actually see he's really passionate. And so that was a treat. That was a huge treat. The night before we had done a little fast friends Friday, uh, where I got a bunch of beer from Rove adventure beer and just kind of passed them out to everyone. And nice. And yeah, it was a, it was a nice night. 
again, windy, but great breakfast. Got back home and uh, I've been prepping the Jeep now uh, for a little photo shoot for this weekend. But you and I had talked a couple weeks prior and or a week prior and kind of you were interested. Yeah, I was always interested in knowing more about you because um, our past was interesting. It's not a lot of not a lot of depth to it, but <laughs> just a couple of car dudes who like saw each other in passing consistently. This was like five years ago. Yeah. Like actually before I was even into overlanding, like, well, no, I just got it in because you had saw, seen my Jeep. Right. So yeah, it was about four years ago. You had, you still have it, but your, uh, the Instagram account was known for uh, sexy. What was it called? No, seek out beauty, seek out beauty, not sexy Tacoma, not That's sexy uh... Tacoma, seek out beauty. <laughs> no, I was going to say sexy beast, but that was uh, Michelle over in San Diego. Um, seek out beauty. It's a red wide body Tacoma yep. and it just had such a bitchin' stance. And so every time I'd see this thing, I would think to myself, if I ever owned a Tacoma, that would be the Tacoma I would want. And then I'd wave at you and I'm like, he's probably going to flip me off. But no, you wave back. I'm like, Oh, he's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's funny because you know you don't strike me as a toyota guy you're so nice you're definitely not a jeep guy because you're not even drinking right now in five minutes are toyota guys typically dicks is that i don't know i'm just i'm just throwing out generalizations <laughs> so tell me about you um yeah so i guess um like from an overlanding standpoint i guess we're from a me standpoint um grew up in southern california mostly okay uh lived in jupiter beach florida for a year um, when I was younger. Okay. And then like with the family. Yeah. Yeah. And then moved to Oregon with the family for a short period of time. Oh, wow. Um, got a glimpse of kind of mountain life or whatever. And, but you were born in California. Yeah. So, so I grew up in traveled a bit. Yeah. Okay. So it was my dad's dream to always live on the intercoastal in Florida. My dad was in the car business. Okay. Um, and so I think that's kind of where the, the car thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I usually have to drag that out of somebody like, Oh, what got you in an off-roading or, you know, but that's no part of your life yeah so like no off-roading um my dad worked for um geez long beach nissan at one point um and he always he ran business ran car dealership mm -hmm. so he's typically the general manager um a lot of owners that were passing the business to a son would hire my dad to kind of train the son okay um and huh. so he got hired by someone in florida and couldn't pass up the opportunity that was basically like vacation for our family we were there nine months through summer, went to the beach every single day, right. went to the pool. Like, it was perfect as a kid. Petting uh, alligators and shit. And dude, it was... Hanging out with snakes. We, uh, we had a canal behind our house. And running, like, away, running away from the average, like, stranger. <laughs> dude, it was... Uh, we had a canal behind our house, and we were playing in the canal and, like, had no idea, right, like, what Florida was about. Right. And we had a neighbor, like, run out and be like, there's water moccasins in there. No way. Those and are so, like the little mini ones, right? Little those are like you get one bite as a kid and you're done. No, yeah. water moccasins are snakes. Like oh, there's oh, those are the snakes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there was no alligators or crocodiles where we were, but the, there's plenty of snakes. Um, and like, those are extremely poisonous. Water moccasins, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Florida. Basically, my dad got worked to the bone. So like, we came back to California for a short period of time. Not a total vacation for him. No, not okay. at all. Yeah. So, um, moved to Oregon for a year. Um, and like we lived outside of Portland um, and it was weird. Um, that's interesting. That's like a whole nother spectrum of personalities and culture and everything. Oh, it was like, yeah. how old were you when you left Florida? Uh, I was eight. Okay. So you're old enough to kind of, I knew know, what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Know what's going on. So now you're in a whole different planet basically. Yeah. So Florida or uh, Oregon was interesting. Like it was a lot of fun. Um, 
for whatever reason, like recess was just rad, like dodgeball every day. It was, like, it. It, was it was actually, it was like, it was a good time in Oregon. Um, but, um, like little sister was born there and my mom was just extremely depressed with the weather. So okay. we were right outside Portland. It was just cause it was cloudy sunny. nine months yeah. out of the year. We're a beach family. Um, so we ended up coming back and then we've been back in California since, but like I grew up, uh, we took a lot of trips to Vegas. Like that mm-hmm. was our vacation spot. When we didn't go to Vegas, we'd do um, a cabin in Big Bear, or we'd go to Lake Tahoe, take three ninety five up. Yep, doesn't suck. Um, no, like it was that was one thing. My dad worked a shit ton, but he always managed to. Now, take did you guys us go on. camping, or were you glamping? Kind of like. Oh, this? we were in cabins. Okay, yeah. So like never camping. Um, I remember one trip we went to Pismo. Like my dad took a jeep from the dealership, and we went down Pismo, and kind like that was before ATVs stuff. were flying everywhere, and it was pretty empty. Right. So I remember us building a bonfire on the beach with like driftwood and stuff. Um, but back, back when people didn't hate you out there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, I think that's where the car thing came in. Those are um, great memories for sure. Yeah. It's the, the trips, like, like I said, like my dad worked 18, 20 hours a day, um, just like a dog, uh-huh. but he always managed to find time to take us on vacations. And I think that was like the way he kept himself rejuvenated was he had a love for being out there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so grew up doing that. Um, you know, played sports, thought I was going to go into computer science or culinary school, um, hated school, like absolutely hated yeah. school. So I just started working with you on that one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, when we used to drive by each other, I was working, uh, for a private equity firm doing it stuff for okay. restaurants and real estate and software. Huh. Um, and my wife and I were split apart during that time. And so I was just pouring money into the truck. Well, that's interesting. So you had a little mid were you guys married when you split? Uh, it's like a long. So no, I love it because I mean I have an, I have a similar story where I actually had it not happened, I wouldn't be the right kind of husband and father. Sure. That I feel like I'm going towards. I don't know if I've got it down yet, but you know it definitely was one of those wake up calls. So it's interesting to hear somebody speak openly about. Oh yeah, we were on a, we were separated. Or it's part of our history, and I think like you said, like kind of it, you know, it shapes you. It changes things. It gives you appreciation. Um, her and I were together seven and a half years. We were engaged and, uh, ultimately her dad passed away and that was just crazy stress, crazy stress. And I don't think either of us truly knew how to grieve. And Mm so we just weren't working well together, um, while we were engaged and, um, we split apart, um, and we split apart and that's kind of where like the camping thing and the overlanding thing took over. Um, Her and I were both camping a lot. We never camped together. We <laughs> okay. break up with each other. And, and then she's you guys camping. Get camping. <laughs> and uh, I'm camping. Okay. And so once we, you know, during that, like, I always joke about it and call it a vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, during the vacation. <laughs> um, she's not listening to this one, right? <laughs> uh, she probably will, but she knows I call it that. So it's, um, I, yeah, but I, I would, you know, I built the truck out. Um, I had no idea about off-roading. Mm. Um, I'm a researcher though, so I, Spoke to as many people as I could. Um, you know, Learn from other people's mistakes instead of making your own. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was, you know, I fell in love with it, right? And it, it was part of, a, I'd say, like a healing process from not being with my now wife. Right. Um, so I'd drive up 395 most, like Friday, I'd leave like Thursday night, do my work meetings remote Friday morning, do my yeah. check-ins and just go, Bounce. yeah, roll around the Sierras, take pictures of shit. And yeah. Yeah. The pictures were really great too. I, cause I mean, I'd pass you by and then finally, I think I like 
searched. I don't know how exactly I found you, but I ended up finding this red Tacoma. Someone sent me your page. Oh, really? Yeah, someone said. Right, look uh, at this asshole. <laughs> no, they're, they're like, like, no, I know that guy. I passed by him. You took a, I think you uh, <laughs> tagged me in like a story. Or, didn't tag me. You posted a story of my truck. Okay. Someone recognized my truck from your Instagram. Right. And, mess, and then I think I messaged oh, bitch you. Okay. I bet you we can scroll back and look, which I bet is we could, yeah. rad. Um, that, no, that's rad. And it's like, you know, I was just so bought into your aesthetic and what you created. I, you know, coming from the import car culture back in the day. Uh, and having cars be like, you know, I, on this podcast I just did with Jared, um, my first car was a 60.5 Mustang. His was a 65. So oh, we right. got a kick out of that. But yeah, it's like I've always been about cars. And my mom taught me how to drive six shift at the age of 10. Just I just think, learned. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Get the fuck out. It's okay. You know what? <laughs> you learned. And I'm proud of you. Um, I learned on a rad car, though. You should all learn, though. If, if you guys are out there in the automatic world, like, know how to drive a stick shift. If, like, zombie apocalypse happened, do you want to be the guy that gets, like, taken out because you don't know how to put a car into gear? Like, mo- Millennium security device, they call it. That's, now, right? Yeah, they that's do. Yeah, millennial, millennial theft deterrent. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I've always, so I've always had a stick shift car myself. Um, total tangent. Anyways, but cars have always been part of my life, too. And seeing what you've built... I was like, that's fucking rad. And the dude driving that must be cool because he's got a really cool style. Like, and it just, it was like super clean. And then I looked at it closer today. I'm sure it's come a long way, even probably since I saw it, but that thing's pretty well equipped. Yeah. I haven't, um, changed much besides like the camper portion of it, right. Mm. Or like the, the overland portion of it, right. we'll call it. Um, it stayed the same. It's got the twin shocks up front. Yep. Same in the rear. Uh, no, it's got uh, 12 inch bypasses, okay. uh, triple bypasses in the back. And then it's on Leafs then? Is yeah, it's on some Devers. Okay. Uh, actually, it's on Archive Leafs right now, which are like a, a test. I'm just learning about Leaf shit because that's not been my life, but I just came across a 71 Suburban that's mm-hmm. now in my driveway. And that, thing's, <laughs> that thing's got these, these pieces of metal that act as springs. Um, so I'm learning about that. Have world. you seen the stuff, Leaf Springs Party Harder? Have you seen that? No. That's a. Uh, I've, I've seen that hashtag though. Yeah, it's like old old Toyota pickup guys. Okay. That's a common yeah. one. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen vehicles equipped with Leaf Springs get down pretty good. So yeah. yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this build. But uh anyways, yeah, your uh, your suburban was bitching. And then to see and then I think once we connected, you were always kind of in the periphery. So I'd see like different posts you'd do, and sure. then I saw this thing start, tiny rig, you know, like yep. And it's almost like it looked like you were just taking your passion for all the things you were doing, maybe during your vacation, where it seems like a lot of it came from, yep. and uh, and then started applying it to uh, what I can already tell is a pretty methodical approach in life, where you seem like you're taking things in, you're processing, and then you're kind of you know figuring out what you're going to do with that information. Yeah, that's how you strike me, and it seems like you've done a really good job with that. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me about Tiny Rig. Yeah. So um, during the pandemic, um, like right before it started, actually, uh, my best friend approached me and said, I want to start this this business with you. Um, okay. His wife encouraged him to talk to me and he wanted to take um, Japanese mini trucks. So like a Suzuki carry. Like K- K-Trucks? Yeah, K-Trucks. Yeah. Um, and he built a Ford Transit van back in the day, okay. um, like before van life was a thing. Um to basically live out of. So he was a yacht captain. And so he would, when he was home, he'd live in the van. Mm-hmm. And when he was at sea, he was obviously on the boat. Um, but it was two wheel drive. Um, and so he wanted to venture out a little further. And so we thought, why don't I tow a K truck behind the transit? And that's how I'll putt around a little further. Yeah. 
Um, and so he essentially wanted to use like my business experience and kind of my connections in the industry um, to give us a little kickstart. And it's supposed to be a side hustle thing. Like he was going to keep the yacht job. I was going to keep the IT job. Um, and by connections in the industry. So with your with your Tacoma, you actually built a, a good kind of yeah connection with a lot of companies. Yeah. And it was mostly through photography. Right. Or okay. we'll call it like influencing. Right. Um, you know, because of the way I am about things, I do a lot of research. Right. And that was yeah. actually one of the important things for me on Instagram was to not be the guy who gets handed free shit and then says it's the best until three weeks later when he gets something else. Right. And that was and a piece of shit. And just sold the other one. Yeah. And yeah, that's rough. So that was really important to me. To hey, fuckers, of- it's one year minimum. Minimum one year. <laughs> you give, you pay your dues, and if it really sucks, you have an honest conversation. Okay, bye. Um, so yeah, I think you know one of the the long travel thing, right? So you know, I had my truck on Icons that I bought used, um, loved that, but I was in the Sierras and crashed the truck um, on some ice. Okay, and it just busted up my rear fender, and so I was like, you know what? I can take a cash a, a check from insurance and do glass instead and do the long travel thing. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to uh, Total Chaos. Same truck. Same truck. Yeah. Reached out to Total Chaos and uh, asked, if, you know, would you be interested in doing a small discount for some photography and whatnot? And I ended up having like a two and a half hour conversation with Nicole, the owner over there. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of told me like, you know, it's 10% discount or whatever it is, right? It's significant for me. I'm a small business. Sure. I also don't want to have my parts on an asshole's truck. So let me get to know you. <laughs> um, it was actually a really good conversation. I still talk about that now with other business owners mm. of if you're going to sponsor someone or help them out with product, it is important to make sure that it doesn't go to an asshole and that they understand that like, you know, not everyone is this massive company right. um, yeah. that can afford it. So um, yeah, some of a, them are big, but you think that they're big, but they're, I mean, I wouldn't call them cash poor. It's just, they have a lot invested into their companies. Sure. So it's not like they're all those parts count towards something. They feel it. Yeah. They yeah. feel it. Yep. So I think, um, you know, Nicole was a, a good connection at Total Chaos. Um, I snapped photos. Uh, my buddy and I, um, he's got his Instagram's TRD Pro Pugs. Okay. Um, he's got a white Tacoma familiar. built almost identically. He's okay. like 50,000 followers, um, posts front end shots of his truck every single day, and people love it. <laughs> um, it's just that good. But snapped a bunch of photos for them. And if you look at like the Total Chaos catalog and their website, it's either a picture of my truck or his truck on yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. Like, you know, that was a really good relationship. Man, what a bargain for them. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I'm sure the relationship paid dividends for you as well, because clearly you're extremely successful um, and or at least on your way to whatever definition of success that you. Would, yeah, I don't think you're quite there yet. Right. Mentally. No, because uh, I don't think anybody <laughs> ever really is that I've that I've met. Um, but, you know, everyone looks at people who get sponsored or whatever. They don't realize the purpose or the reason for a company to sponsor anyone is because it offsets their marketing costs. Sure. So if I can give you a part that costs me maybe 50 bucks, but your marketing value to me is going to be 150 to $300. Mm-hmm. Okay. Instead of paying that guy 300 bucks for the day to go do whatever it is you're going to end up doing. I just gave you that part. Go do your thing. I still get what I need and everybody's happy. Yep. And a lot of people don't, people go, how do I get sponsored? Yep. I still get that question. How do I, dude, how do I, I mean, I just, I was at the bonfire last weekend and I had a, uh, had a new friend, um, who's, who's actually a fast friends customer. I saw him wearing the shirt and then he actually listens to the podcast surprisingly. So there is one person that listens to this <laughs> right. and, uh, and first of all, whenever you see your shit in the wild, 
Or like, I'm sure if you ever see a tiny rig sticker in the wild, like, oh, like, it's oh a that's, good feeling. that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And so I'm like, I see a t-shirt. It's like smiles per gallon. I'm like, that's my shirt. I'm like, dude, that guy, I don't, he's not one of my, he's not in like, you know, he's not on my top five phone numbers that I, you right. know, I'm like, holy crap. That's really cool. And, uh, and so he's, he's like, we're sitting and he's like, Hey, so how do you do this sponsorship thing? And I, and I have to be upfront with people. I'm like, well, look, you can't look at me and go, Oh, I wonder how Ali did it because Ali worked for one of the largest tactical brands in the entire sure. world. 511 tactical 511 said, Hey, you could use our name and build a Jeep. <laughs> Dude, Done. Yeah. That's kind of like a blank check, right? Like, marketing value of a company with the social reach and the media you know generation and all that like 511 does not does not put me in a place where i can really tell you like exactly what to do but like you know borrowing off my experience at kc um now being in it for like a few years i can say okay now i have a, a recipe for you like sure you have to show value you have to give me something that i can't maybe get or I, or maybe I don't have the budget for. Yeah. And you doing photography the way that you do photography for them back then. I mean, we're talking like four or five years back now. Yeah, I think I've had that suspension on this truck for four years, probably four years. I mean, around the time that I saw you, I think you were really pushing hard on like I think you even crashed at one point in the middle of this time that I've known you. But um, you uh, you you kind of gave them an, an offer of value that wasn't as saturated as, as I would say it is kind of now. And that was just good timing for you, right? Yeah, I think also at that point, um, I don't know that anyone in like the off-road space had ever seen a, we'll call it like a vessel that connected with so many different people. Like mm -hmm. Instagram for overlanding is, it's the number one marketing tactic, right? From sure. like, yeah, I from, mean, entire companies run their business off of it. Right. And that's, a you know, the majority I would say of our as in tiny rigs marketing is done through Instagram, mm -hmm. right. And the community, right. And like, honestly, Instagram's connecting with me. So many people in the community yeah. that it's a great hub for community. Yeah. So I think there was just a period of time and I would say it's, it seems like it's kind of getting straightened out where you've got marketing people that weren't necessarily that familiar with social media who didn't necessarily understand it. Right. And so they were just giving people shit to post and yeah. on their story and whatnot. And if they were lucky, they, they, they fell across somebody like you. Where it's like, oh, he's doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going out a ton, right? And that's where there's, again, if someone's trying to figure out how to get sponsored, like go out a lot and document it. And that's right. That's so, that's what I told my friend. I said, and I say my friend because I forgot your name. Um, but I told my friend and we will be friends when we see each other. So <laughs> I don't have to know your name. You're a good person. Um, but I said, you have to just go live your best life. You have to go do the things that you enjoy. Sure. And if your goal is you want people to pay you for that life? Well, then you got to show them what you're doing. And if it's interesting enough, they're going to want to pay you, whether it's through parts, a discount, something to get you what you want, if that's your goal, you know? And to be clear though, right? Like you get paid for work. It's still work. Yeah. It's still work. And I think people don't necessarily always connect that of, yeah, you're going to go out and you're going to take pictures, but it's like now you're obligated, right? Because yeah. someone's invested in you and it's, they're giving you essentially money mm -hmm. and Give me another time like you would take money from someone and you wouldn't do what, you know, either you're a shitty person or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you're stealing. Right. Yeah. You're basically stealing. That's yeah. what it is. The guys that take the parts and then sell them right away and then go get other shit. Those guys are thieves. Oh, 100%. And I they mean, don't realize what they're doing to people, too. 
Yeah, and you know, and it's such a small industry. Like everybody talks about. Yeah, those people. You know, I think I got a yesterday. Um, I got an email saying, "Hey, someone mentioned working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, can you vouch for them?" Right. So people talk all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Was it legit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> legit, like <an> incredible <laughs> photographer. Yeah. Um, and I always give a truthful response, right? Yeah. Like it's, but yeah, he's checking in. But I also know of cases where people are not legit. Um, you reach out to the wrong guy, and it actually, I know of a pretty well-known influencer who did it and said, "Hey, I'm working with this company," and it was like their build plan. Their plan was to work with these companies, but they weren't actually working with right. these companies. And it took one phone call. It was a politician. Yeah, I guess. Did you ever see yeah. that meme where it's like? I told my son, I want you to marry this girl. And he said, no, I don't want to marry her. I said, it's Bill Gates' daughter. And my son said, okay. <laughs> I went to Bill Gates and I said, I want your son to marry my, or your daughter to marry my son. And he said, no. I said, no, my son is working for X, whatever company. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay. you know. And it's like, but he doesn't have any of that in hand until sure. he goes through the process of the lies. Right. to get what he needs and then he gets to put it all together. But I don't know. I mean, I get, there's people that operate like that. Yeah. And that's essentially what this guy was trying to do. And it's funny because you know, he was going to build a specific vehicle. Yeah. He's driving around something else right now. Dude, I, I dude. Okay. We're going to go back. We're going to go back. We're going to go back 22 years, 20 ish years, 21. I'm dating myself really bad right now, but we'll go back about 20 years. I think. I was working at Apex Integration. It's a exhaust Japanese suspension exhaust company. They used to manufacture the best turbos, but not anymore. And then they also have like computer ECUs for imports up to the year of 2000-ish. Everything changed for them and yeah. they lost that entire business. Anyways, um, I was working for, for Apex and this guy goes, hey, I'm racing a fucking K-series. At that time, the K-series had just come up. K-powered fucking whatever. It was like, a, I probably, I think it was a Honda Civic, basic, like a, um, a EJ6, something like that. EG6 or whatever the fuck it was called. It's like the little hatchback. I'm like, oh, okay, you got a case here? Holy shit. Because it was, I'm like, okay, and you have this whole plan. You're going to race these races. He had he had all his ducks in a row. And I go, okay, um, can you send me pictures of the of the car? I want to show you know my boss. Yeah. And he goes, oh, well, I don't have the car yet. I'm like, wait, what? Uh, yeah, I'm still waiting on the motor and I'm, I'm going to get the car, but I just wanted to get the, you know, I want to get all the sponsors lined up. I'm like, no, dude, no. He's like, but you said yes. I'm like, yeah, I said yes when I thought you had a car. Yeah. You know, when I, when I thought you had Snake everything. Oil. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm like, that's not going to happen. He was pissed. He was like, he was sending all this fucking like hate mail. I'm like, bro, like you never had it. Like you had a great idea. Idea's bitching. I'm not your investor. Yeah. And uh, you kind of need something like. If he's sending you hate mail, it's probably a good thing. You yeah, he was, he, was, he was a little unhinged. But yeah, man. So that guy, that guy uh, that you're talking about just kind of faked the funk. Yeah. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's nuts to think that these companies don't talk to each other, right? I mean, yeah. like all these companies are not that big, right? The owners all know each other. Yeah. So big mistake, but whatever. Um, so far, I have more people that like me than hate me. So I'm, good. I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I don't rub everybody right. Like there's people out there that know exactly how I feel about them and they have their thoughts about me, but it's like, you know what? I understand the industry is small. And if I have to, if I'm going to not like you, I'm okay with that. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause I know even if you talk to whoever, I hope they say the same exact thing that I would say to you, you know, like, 
And I think that's, I guess my point is, is it's important to be genuine in who you are. Yeah. Because there will be the people that will like you for who you are. Like you said, there's companies that don't want to sell the dicks. And then there's companies that want to sell to people like me. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no, but seriously, like there's companies that don't want to sell to the wrong element. They don't want to, they don't want some like, I mean, for me, it was always like, I just didn't want the corny, super cheese ball, dude. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want the guy that was like almost sold on what he thought of the company versus what it actually was and what we were doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, cause I think a lot of people get into this industry and they think they either know the people in it. They think they know the personalities behind it or um, they know what the company's all about, but the company may have completely different like goals that you don't align with. Sure. And the people are like anybody else. They're not like these, I don't know. I guess when people are going after sponsorships, they almost treat the people that are the gatekeepers as like these like mythical characters who can do no wrong are not normal are not like what am i looking for like they, they're not just living their regular nine to five and also going home and also having a life and uh, i think it's easy to to almost glamorize or i don't know i mean I, I would imagine you probably get it a lot where people maybe think they know you or think they know what tiny rigs all about or it hits you up just to build that relationship to get what they want out of you. It honestly, it doesn't happen a ton. And I will say that I, I used to compete in car audio. Okay. And oh, cool. the type of person at the time in that industry as a hobbyist mm -hmm. was just not, not my vibe. Um, just lack of respect, just ready to go to Vegas. And yeah. Um, and then like, and I guess to be clear on that too, it was like the sound quality portion of it too. It wasn't the, I'm going to blow windows out oh, super loud. Like this it, was sound quality. The so like, files, like, yeah, exactly. Okay. So just not my vibe. But once I started getting into this, um, I kind of, this community is pretty rad mm -hmm. and I sincerely credit the community for tiny rig existing. My employees are sourced through the community. Yeah, um, the great guys. I, I got to meet them. Got a picture with you and at least the guys in the in the shop. Yeah, I know you have a whole another crew that does sales. Yeah, and so like as an example, the guy who sits at the desk behind you right now, Noah, he's twenty. I met his dad selling him a relay mount for an engine bay, no like shit. a fourteen dollar part. Mm -hmm. um, I met his dad and his mom and his dog. At, they were there. Noah wasn't there, um, like five years ago. Yeah, and um, he filmed our grand opening. And so it's, you know, I've stayed in touch with their family and they're a rad family and good people. And he's been amazing. Um, Jaff sits behind me and I've known her. I actually introduced her to her boyfriend who I've known for four or five years, okay. Brandon. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, it's cool. Cause it's, you know, for the most part, either they, like the guys in the shop, either like followed seek out beauty um, or one yeah. of them was a customer and became it. So isn't yeah. that cool? Like what you created just based off of being passionate. Like that's, it goes back it's to a it. truck, dude. That's what's nuts. Well, it's a truck, but it's what you did with it. Yeah. It's how you built it. It's the places you went with it. It's the way you captured it. It's like, it's a package that you can't discredit. Like it's a collection of experiences and aspirations that you've inspired others to want to reach. Yeah. And honestly, like that's kind of been something that like from a humility standpoint is like kind of hard to, to be okay with. Sure. It was almost like embarrassing when it's customers would come to the oh, shop. No, it's all embarrassing. <laughs> it's always embarrassing. It's, you know what? I've, I've actually, I've gotten over it because I'm, I'm seeing that 
it's inspiring people to actually spend like a significant amount of money. Like our products aren't cheap. Right. Uh, we sell good shit and it holds up and like we back everything a hundred percent. But you know, when you've got someone who comes up and walks up, is this the seek out beauty truck? Like it was cringy, embarrassing for me. Yeah. Um, like if you look at my page, I never posted my face. Like it was all the truck. It was all where I was going, but knowing that someone's trusts you that much, right. Trust what you say, not just a business, right. But like truly people are coming for the seek out beauty truck. Right. They're throwing 10, 15, 20, 30, $40,000 down on these bills. And it's like, shit. Like, because they're trusting that what you went through, you went about it the right way from what they see. And yep. then you're going to do the same for them. Yeah. And so like, that was, that was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, from a community standpoint and the, the people in it, I've had very, very few negative experiences. Um, and maybe that's just been lucky and maybe that's going to change over the next well, year, but you don't seem like a very drama filled person. No, I've got, I've got like two people blocked on Instagram. Um, (laughs) I actually have two people too. And it's literally, there's two people. They always talk shit. And I'm just like, I can't do it with you. It's just not worth the energy. No, no. It's funny. I mean, you know, you're doing something right. When somebody wants to spend so much energy time and like, cause it's more, they're spending more energy trying to bring you down than you're spending going up. So they'll always be at a deficit, right? Like it's, it's very hard to compete with somebody who's just living their best life the way that they're living it and being successful, it's hard to bring that person down because you have to not only live your own life, but now you have to dedicate yourself to bringing down their life, which is almost double duty when you're just doing the one life. Yeah. The you know unfortunate thing about like one of the people that I'm specifically thinking of was uh, he thought I was talking shit about him. Oh, that's, and I that's literally bad. just told him like, yeah. dude, you're not even on my radar. Like if this isn't worth a conversation, like, um, so I, I think, yeah, from like my big things, energy, like try, try being a smart ass and then having people misunderstand, like you're actually joking, but they, Oh, sarcasm. Oh, actually dude. there's a, that's someone that blocked me. Oh really? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one actually. Sarcasm's be a, a great tool and I use it with all my friends, but then it's, but it's also a good tool to find out who actually doesn't like you because the ones who can't take it or don't take it, you realize don't know you well enough sure. to want to be even your friend or aren't we even willing to go there? And uh, it's 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 kind of like a good filter, honestly. Like if you could hang with this amount of fucking shit talking, we're probably good. If you can't, I'm probably better off without you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of people these days are just super fucking sensitive. I agree with that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I won't get too political, but the woke thing really fucks with me. Um, I'm I'm all about live and let live. I'm not I'm not going to try to change who Daniel is. I'm going to be like, okay, this is what Daniel's into. If it's close enough to what I like, cool, we're friends. If you're so far off, then it's like, you know what, you're going to go hang out with your friends. Like, I'm also not off roading and camping people based on their political views or how yeah. they view the world. Yeah. Right? Like if. You have to be on an extreme side, though, for me, like because there are there's certain lines where I'm just like, you know what? I don't I don't like hard right and I don't like hard left. I like central kind of people It like from a camping off roading standpoint. I I really don't care if you're a good person and you think like a wacko politically, whatever. Really? I'm not sitting at camp with you talking about politics. Will you go actively camp with people that are that far off from what you believe in? Um, would I go? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess like if you had a choice, this is now we're getting political from, from a social standpoint, I'm definitely more liberal, right? Like I, I'll gay marriage, for example, right? A man and another man having a marriage or two women. Nothing to do with you. 
No, and it doesn't take away <laughs> anything from my marriage. Like right. there's bigger things to hate the world or hate people about than sure. love. Yeah. So like that type of stuff, right? Like, like if you're yeah. racism, like I've got no tolerance for that stuff. Um, you know, I'm big on treating people well and being kind and being generous. Um, and frankly, I think we need a lot more of that shit, but, um, a little bit more altruism. Yeah. Yeah. I just, again, like I I don't interview people before I go camp with them. I also probably camp with, (laughs) can you please fill out this questionnaire, sir? Yeah. Before you can go on this trip. No, I mean, it's again, like my big thing is, you know, I want to be surrounded by good people. Yeah. That's, we were talking about a kid before, right? Like that's, that's the motivation. You've got one on the way. Yeah. You've got it. You've got one in the oven, which actually made it a little difficult trying to, I wanted to change your oil, Daniel. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to change your not fluids. a euphemism. Uh, um, <laughs> he's like, I re- I love your response. You want to change my oil? Yeah, man. Like so with Torco, I do. Like yeah. uh, I want to. I'm, I'm trying to get the series going, which I have to do one this month. Which I think I have a Sunday this weekend where I have to grab somebody and do something with. Pick someone without a quarter inch steel. Yeah, plate. so that's your problem. You yeah. have a quarter inch steel. Front skid, which yeah. is what seventy five pounds. It's heavy, yeah. It's heavy, yeah. And it's not as tall as your Jeep, where you can just <laughs> you have to chill you have to really it. get down there. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's not something you want to do for fun. Like once you un- once you unscrew it, it's just gonna drop on you. Like you won't have <laughs> leverage to like hold it in place. Yeah, it's resting yeah. right on your chest. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not fun. Yeah, I got a Subaru now, so I'm I'm gonna get there. I'm 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 on my way with this one. Yeah. Um. But uh, what was it? What were you talking about? You distracted me. Oh, we were going to do the drain plug, but you got a kid. And so it's like you can't just come over and hang out anymore. I don't have the kid yet. It's just my well, wife kid, is. Kid in the oven. Yeah. So she's 14 weeks in. and Which is super early. And she's actually. puked. Um, <laughs> the longest she's gone is two days without throwing up. Oh so she's God. throwing up a couple times a day. She's just in the thick of it. right? Yeah. Now. And all she wants is just me to be home. And so, it's your first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm usually, in most cases, I'm at the shop before seven. And I'm home between five and six. And so you guys have just, help out here, like our parents local or. Yeah. Um, my parents are in San Diego. Her mom's oh, in um, Fountain Valley. So. Oh, that's even right better. around the corner. Yeah. yeah. They help. They're, they're down to help. You want them to help. Um, yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> Don't ever listen as you be honest. <laughs> no, I, I think um, like her mom has been just. Yeah. Like a true mom to me. Yeah. Um, she's rad and her dad was awesome. And that's kind of why, yeah, I'm closer with her family than, than my family. Um, but yeah, I think it, it'll be, that's one of the reasons what we were in Los Alamitos, which isn't okay. far from Fountain Valley. Yeah, it's not far from Long Beach where I grew up either. Yeah, yeah. And Huntington was just a little bit closer, so she doesn't have to get on the freeway. It's down the street and, you know, we see her once or twice a week and that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Dude, that's such a, that's such a blessing because, um, Honestly, I, I, my, my hat is off to all the people who have to bear the brunt of raising a child without help, like childcare, like, uh, you know, it's expensive. It's expensive. Childcare is expensive. Um, just not knowing if your child is even in the best of hands yeah. when you're gone people you don't know. is, is so horrible. And we, with our first child, we went through a little phase where we didn't really have everything set up. Uh, my wife, Ashley, her, her mom wasn't quite kind of dialed into the program yet. Like we, we, we were putting our kid into like daycare. Turns out he got, he got a little abused. Uh, That's not good. Yeah. It sucks. Not sexually. So I'll put that out there. <laughs> but um, when you, when your kid who's a little rambunctious comes home with uh, finger marks on their sides, it's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, and so, 
I know a little bit, but we, we, Ashley's mom came in and kind of saved the day and she's been with us since she lives with us. I wish she loved me more, but, um, (laughs) she lives with us and you know, it's the, it's the classic son-in-law, mother-in-law kind of relationship, but she does so much for our kids that I always try to put that in perspective. True. Even though I'm like, you're trying to break me and my wife apart. (laughs) Um, you'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. I was about to say, I'll never be good enough for your fucking daughter. God damn it. Um, but, uh, I know deep down inside, she knows I treat that woman good. So like, I mean, my wife wouldn't have left for four months and then come back if, if, sure. Yeah. If I hadn't changed and if I hadn't still continued, uh, which kind of takes us back full circle to that original conversation about, um, needing to grow up sometimes needing to, to deal with things in a real way and deal with it together. Sure. Um, that's what I, I think our problem was I was going through a lot of stress. It was like 2009 recession, uh, lost my job, got laid off. We were about to lose the house. It was, it was just a big cluster yeah. cuss. Yep. And, um, I internalized everything. And sure. I internalized it all. And then every little thing just kind of built up and I would lash out through the not so nice sarcasm. Um, and, you know, just really shitty person to be around. My mother-in-law calls uh, sarcasm angry humor. Angry humor, yeah. yeah. It's it's all honest, but you're either good enough friends to where you're ribbing them or you realize you're not. Yep. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, sarcasm is actually, uh, it's uh, it's funny, mean-spirited truth. Yeah. Really. It's truth to every joke. Yeah. That's, yeah, my wife taught me that one. It's so funny. Um. Anyways, tangent. But so you have a little bit of help from you, from your. Yeah, I think we'll be well supported. Um, that's good. My wife, you know, one of the reasons I want to become a dad is to see my wife with our child. Okay, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so we talked about that a little bit before we started the podcast, which yep. was what, like, because you guys actually talked it through. Like, you talked about, hey, are we ready to have a kid? Like, are we like? Yeah. Um, so she she's always known that she's wanted one. Um, I've watched her babysit her best friend's kids for the last few years. I've always seen her with the animals as far as like our dog and our cat. And she's just just the same thing. Kids and dogs. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, more so than cats, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. At at a certain age. And then they get, I think, I think there's a dog age and then there's a cat age. Okay. Like up to the age of 12, they're dogs at 12. They're fucking cats. They will come around if they want to be around. They will let you pet them if they want you to pet them. Otherwise, Fuck off. Yeah, I want nothing to do alone. with you. Just yeah. feed me. Yep. Dude, it's so, oh my God. You heard it here first because that I think that's a really, yeah, that's literally what kids are um, until they turn into llamas. So, yeah, it should be, it should be rad. I think the, you know, her concern with me is just how much I work. Yeah. Um, well, you have to right now. I've, I've just always done it. Like I mean, we're literally sitting in what used to be Goose Gears facility. Yeah where he produced his entire thing that he's now built his entire like enterprise, right? Of, yep. Like cabinetry for vehicles. And we are like in, in his warehouse, you're, you've got an entire bay full of campers. Yeah. So you've those got, are scouts you're staring at. Yeah. I'm staring at the scouts. You've got a uh, Ram 3,500 with a, I always mess up the name. Is it 510? 5010. 5010. I was going to say 50, but I'm like, is there a zero in there? So it's 5010, which is probably one of the coolest campers that I've seen, which like I remember Brian was one of the first people that ever showed it to me. Speaking of Goose Gear, um, Brian showed it to me and you like you close the doors and it sounds like a door of a of a BMW closing. 
Yeah, there's just something refined. And it's from Germany, and, right? What was that? Is it from Germany? Was, yeah, yeah, it's from Germany. Yeah. Okay, it's got that refinement to it. Yep. And as an engineer, that dude is, again, just brilliant. Um, but that's kind of like from a Brian standpoint, right? Like it's, you know, I've had, it's pretty flattering, but there's um, a couple of people that I've said, like, I call Daniel because he knows what good shit is, mm-hmm. right? And Brian's kind of the same way. Like if you go camp with Brian, he's got really nice shit. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, I guess one of the core things of Tiny Rig has been, we only sell what we trust. Yeah. And so, like, Brian, if you've ever been on a trip with Brian from Goose Gear, he drives like a fucking animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not easy on his stuff. So, for that camper to be his absolute favorite camper, like, he just, we have his Ranger in the other shop right now, um, doing some lights and stuff to it. He misses that F-350 that he sold. Yeah. Um, he built a Ranger on it. And for him to stick to the same product tells you a lot, truthfully, about the product. Like, it's... His business isn't necessarily making money off of him having a Ford Ranger with a 5010 on it. It's just right. something he wanted to fucking do. Well, he's he's in a, he's also in a in a unique place where he doesn't have to skimp out on shit. He can actually pursue things that are of value to him, uh, whether it's quality or, or whatever whatever his metric is. But it seems like it's quality for, with him. I mean, Brian. I think maybe the reason why I like you and your your personality, you're kind of like Brian, where you're good natured, you're intelligent. Um, and you don't really bullshit, you know, from, <laughs> from what I, from what I, from no. what I gather, uh, Brian's the same way. Brian does not bullshit. He says it, he says it straight up. And you know, if he's vouching for something or if he's doing something, it's really good quality, yep. really good manufacturing. Like he takes pride in that. He geeks out about that. Shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. hundred Which is why you guys are probably friends. Right? Yeah. And him and I have become very good friends yeah. since me starting this. Um, you know, I brought my Tacoma to him to build the interior of my camper. Um, and he already had like a version of it and we left it there and we just chatted and I gave him some IT advice at the time and um, like didn't expect to start tiny rig when he was doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought goose gear was super expensive and like not worth it. And I built my own. Oh, it's all worth it. Yeah. And it's yeah, expensive. it's, it's expensive, but, but it's uh, worth it. A hundred percent. It's I, yeah. I tell customers uh, putting like a goose gear seat delete in your truck or Jeep or whatever it is. Mm-hmm it makes you feel like a kid getting new shoes for school. Yeah. Like it's just got that fresh, clean, you kind of rub it with your hand, like you're stoked on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's scouts back there. Um, that's one of the products we picked up recently. 5010 is another recent product, but it's been Alucab. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've noticed all the Alucab on, on, uh, on seek and it's, yeah, that's like, that's, that's like the bar. Alucab is the bar. Yeah. 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 It's it's cool. So like we talked about, um, like they had the first freestanding, like awning, right? Like the what do you call it? Yeah, the shadow awning. The three hundred, not three two seventy, two seventy. Yep. And you know, way before anybody else had that. Yep. Way before it became this, I didn't realize how quick it was going to become this, but it became this like mass-produced fucking like thing. But you know, Alucab did it first. Yeah, it's you know, I think it actually. I think there's some other companies that. Um, may have made it first. Oh, really? And I actually, like, I, I randomly will just go on YouTube and, like, search for old videos of shit. Um, and, like, I... Because it looked, was just car equipment back in the day. Um, what was what was I looking at? They had to have it because the sun would kill them. <laughs> right? I, in the I, middle of the outback. I'm trying to think. Um, he, he said, like, in the video, like, hey, this is the new product that we developed. And it was, like, the owner, Jeremy, showing, like, the 270 for the first time. Oh, really? And he does a pull-up on the corner of it, shows how strong it is, talks about the material, how it's reflective. And I'll tell you, like, 
our number one awning customer here is someone who owns another 270 awning uh-huh. and thought they were getting what they you know thought they were getting the same product. Oh really? Um, but but not I think, quite. No, I mean if you're a company and you're supplying a replacement part with your product because it always fails, right? It's probably There's an issue, and you should maybe cheap. fix it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You said that little part of it. That's. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> if you know who I'm talking about, that tells you that the product is probably not as refined as it should be. Yeah, it's not on my Jeep anymore. Um, oh dang. <laughs> no, I mean I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Uh, yeah, so it's good. It's good to be known for good stuff, but it also holds you at a high bar. Oh, 100%. And your expectations. You can't ever, you can't look at that Chinese stuff and be like, oh, dude, we'll make so much money if we sell this. You can't. Unless it's like really good shit. No. Um, so I've got two new hires in sales. I, sorry, you know what? Real quick, I need, a, I need a little backpedal. My iPhone's made in China. It works great. So I'm not saying <laughs> things made in China don't work well. My, you know, it's, it's, I just kind of throw it out there because we have Chinese listeners and I love them all. Um, it's not that things from China are bad. It's just that there's a bad rep that a lot of parts get mass manufactured or cheaply manufactured based off of somebody else's blueprint that they like had made out there. Right. It gets gray marketed. It gets black marketed. All kinds of bad shit happens. So when I say that, I I only say it to the, to the assholes in those really shitty, uh, factories, pumping out crap yeah i think um from a product coming from china standpoint right like it's you know if you're getting a product at x cost as a dealer right like they're making the sacrifice somewhere right it's something like either the extrusions smaller or hardware is really 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 common is um like a nylock nut take a nylock nut from an inexpensive rooftop tent and you can spin it freely with your hand right it's not a true nylock no it's there's nylon in there and it's a nut, but it's not going to hold up to abuse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like the tiny rig thing is, you know, I put that camper on my truck um, and I had another camper before and it was cool and it kind of exposed me to the world of that type of right. setup. Um, but it ultimately wasn't what I wanted and it had issues and we've got two new hires in sales right now. And one of the philosophies and one of the things we remind customers of is if you, build something to go take a vacation, right? And a lot of you know the weekend getaways are vacations, but you're worried about that product on the trail. So oh, if you come to my thing. shop and you're like, fuck, I'm worried my tent's going to fall off, it's probably not the right product for you. So parts should add to your experience, not take away from it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of a, one of the huge things up here is like, I know that when I bolt something onto a truck, that person's going to be stoked. Yeah. Um, we might charge more than others. Our products might be expensive, but we don't have issues with them. Like it's warranties are so far and few in between here. That's bitching. And that's one of the benefits of actually representing a brand that's quality and and does well because they don't want to deal with the warranties and then you don't have to deal with the warranties. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's, I think from a quality of job standpoint for my team, right? We're not doing a ton of warranty repair work. Right. We're building fun for people. Right. And yeah. like, that's, it's kind like of like that. a, you're building fun. We sell fun. Like that's yeah. truthfully yeah. one of the most enjoyable things about it. Whereas like I came from like the IT world and yeah, at the end, most of what I did was strategic and I wasn't dealing with failures, but so much of like an IT role is support. Right. And right. you're fixing people's problems all the time. And it's just unfortunately not as rewarding as selling someone something really fun that they're going to go enjoy. Yeah. We had the, we had the same mentality when I was at KC, uh, which was, we're not we're not saving the world here, you know. Maybe we're we maybe we're helping somebody avoid an accident sure. at night, not hitting that deer, right? Because they had their they had their ditch lights on when they shouldn't have um, <laughs> on the freeway. But 
you know, I'm glad you missed it, dear. Um, but we always said that, you know, we sell fun. We, we said the same freaking exact thing verbatim. We sell fun. And it's like we are in the business of fun. Yeah. And that's one thing. I, I mean, I work at Makita now and we build the world. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, one. I could get behind that. I like, like that. I feel good. We're, we're building the world. But at, uh, at KC, you know, I always have to find that banner that I'm flying under, the thing that makes it worthwhile. Sure. And KC Purpose. was my party. Like, that really was my party. Um, I totally was 100% bought into the fact that we were selling fun and we were selling relationships and we were selling good times. Yeah. And I think if if you, and it sounds like you do, but you you go into it with that approach, you can't, you can't fail. Like, like, that's why I started Fast Friends. Like, it's, it's bringing good people together who I like a lot, who are maybe in the industry, maybe on the outside of the industry, but part of it, and just having something that we can all be stoked on together, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I, I, like, I, at that event that I was at this past weekend, that RigFest thing, um, they had a booth area for me. They had all this stuff, and I'm like, I'm not doing a booth. <laughs> like... I'm not going to sell any shirts. Fuck that. But I'm going to bring a bunch of beer and I'm going to hang out at the fire pit sure. and I'm going to make sure everybody gets at least a little buzz on, you <laughs> know, granted everyone's definition of fun is different. Like I also like going flat out in the wash um, and kicking the back out. But my point is, is you can't go wrong with, with giving people a good time. Sure. And that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like in comfort. Said, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you said before, um, you know, when you sell a good product or you like nice shit, like the stakes are higher. Yeah. Right. And that's a mentality and that's like a constant stress. And, um, like from a quality standpoint, uh, the expectations here are extremely high. And when I interview yeah. people, that's, you know, me as a person, right? Like I'm all in on everything I do. Uh, and so, you know, every customer experience, like and we've had conversations. I remember one conversation I had with a customer who actually made an employee of mine cry never deserved it nicest freaking employee ever and i had to have the conversation with him of like dude this is a camper for you to go on vacation with like if this isn't fun for you yeah it's probably not gonna work if out you're already us. having a bad time at this phase which is actually the really like dude if i could afford like honestly like i'm very lucky i'm sponsored because it gives me an opportunity to do things otherwise i would have no access to sure right uh i don't have that kind of money to to dump on on stuff right but i've been very fortunate in my life and my pursuit of like my happy and now, I mean, granted now I'm, I'm getting more projects and finding my way through it, but I've had to pay a lot of dues to get there. Um, but dude, if I could pay just for whatever and build my Jeep from the beginning with somebody else building it for me, True. how fun is that shit? Like here's five grand. Oh yeah. Put that in there and I'll come back and pick it up when it's perfect. Yep. Oh my God. That's amazing. No, I'm fucking learning how to do shit because it saves me money and then maybe I break it and then I have to redo it. And then, yeah, it's a big pain in the ass. I was going to say dick. <laughs> I guess I said it. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, and that's like, I think one of the other things that made me want to start tiny rig was the work that I did have done on my vehicle. Um, oftentimes I would end up redoing it on the weekend because okay. it just wasn't to where I wanted. Right. Right. And so I saw that as an opportunity to, hopefully do installs in a way that someone looks at it and they're like, fuck, maybe I could do that, but it would have taken me, you know, two months to do on the weekend with the little time I have. So yeah, drop your, you know, drop your truck off and we're going to build it for you perfectly. Yeah. And 
it's one thing I'm really proud of, of, of my guys as installers is, uh, they've held true to that in that like, you know, we might route a wire somewhere, finish, have it all done, zip tie it everywhere. And then see like, Oh fuck, we could have went around that spot instead. Yeah. Let's cut it all off and let's redo it. Let's do it. Cause you know, you only get, you only get one time, maybe a couple, maybe three, if you're lucky to be new and, and to surprise somebody. True. You don't get a lot of opportunities to take people by storm and say like, this is what I fucking do. So every project that walks out or rolls out these doors is a business card. Oh yeah. Is a, is a calling card to other people to be like, Hey, come over here. We got you. We're going to help you out. We're going to, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. 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 And it's again, like community, you know, but I, I just went to, um, American adventurous desert rendezvous. Oh yeah. Those are great events. Um, man, do they have a good event? It's, that was the most relaxed I've been in two years. They Um, have such a chill vibe. It's such a good time. Did they do the scavenger hunt? I did that with my kids. I don't like participate. I, you know, I bring something for the raffle, Yeah, but I parked at like the end of all the vehicles with a few buddies and just chilled around the camp. You gotta be in the middle. Like, my favorite place to be at Overland Expo West, and I've been there now like five years running, is inside the camp area mm-hmm. where everybody else is. Oh, yeah. The common people. And <laughs> I love, like, you know, it sounds creepy as fuck, but I love just looking at different people together at camp and seeing the different setups. And you'll get the guys that, like, have the 5010s, like yeah. that kind of level, the black. Whatever. Earth roamers, black yeah. series trailers. Yeah. yeah, black. What do they call black? Is that black trailers or black series? Black series trailers. Yeah. yeah, you'll get those guys, and they're all next to each other, right? They're all fucking yep. rich as fuck. Like, look at how much money we have. And then you got the guys who's got like a van, uh, but like we're not talking like a, a, a sprinter. We're talking like an actual like old Econoline van, retired FBI yeah. van. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And everything's like laid out, and you could tell like all of it's bulky, but once it's all unraveled and and set up it looks like he's home sure it's not super compact because it's not like the highest end shit but it works and he's maybe has a tarp like leaning against something whatever like tied to the tree above <laughs> like but you see all these different places and it's all the same fucking thing happening they're eating good food they're hanging out they're spending time they're breathing some fresh air it's like that's my favorite place to be and I'll walk and I, I love to like uh, um, camp crawl where like, especially at an event like Overland Expo West, you can like go from camp to camp to yeah. camp and be like, hi. And like you said, this industry is full of amazing, good people. Yeah. So you kind of camp crawl. And I remember I met this guy, Phil, uh, Waypoint Overland. And uh, um, he had connected with this other group called the Wanderbox. And the Wanderbox had these box trucks that they built out into their home. It's his husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't know what the fuck they were, but they were cool. And it was an entire light show and DJ booth out of this thing. This is a, this is in like just the normal camp area. Yeah. This is not some industry party. This is like these people who came together for a good time and had a rave. And it's like. Those are the kind of experiences you'll like. You'll find. You'll find like the guy with the Econo line. You'll find the Black Series, and then you'll find the Rave. And I love that about this world. You need to go to Burning Man, then. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not in that income bracket. Um, but you know, I I love it. I love people being out in nature and having a good time. And that, I think that's 
what this is all about. So next time you should park in the middle and build that vibe and let people know who the fuck Tiny Rick is. That's as an introvert, not a, I know, right. not looking Are forward you? to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm the guy that like, do you have extroverts working for you? Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm like, you know, I'll go if I'm, Brian's a good example, right? Like Brian, Brian's a little more extroverted than I am. He's still a little bit not like, but he's not a lot. Yeah. No, but he, he knows a lot of people. Right. And so once he, he knows you, Brian comes out. Yeah. It's like a hermit crab. He comes out of the shell and he's like, oh, you look really amazing. Like, have you ever like really looked at a hermit crab? They're fucking amazing they're disgusting. creatures. No, they're, they're awesome. Disgusting. No, no, they're so great. My little sister. Had, I had pets. I had, I had hermit crab pets and they'd be scared at first. But once they got to kind of know you and they were cool, dude, they were like the raddest things. I probably just never gave them the time. No, you didn't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you and you and Brian are like in that perspective. Yeah. But I'll, I'll like, again, at expo, we went after the show, we went out and we went to the camping area and you know, I was hanging with him and we went and found a dude who was camping with two other guys that I didn't know. And then they knew some other people. And so we ended up just around a fire pit with a bunch of people I didn't know. And, uh, yeah, they were all super interesting people. That's so cool. Like, yeah. And I, I love doing this podcast because I told you before we started, I'm like, I'm so looking forward to getting to know you better. And that's like an opportunity. This thing is an opportunity to get to know people's stories sure. in a, I mean, maybe it's not the most authentic way. Cause we're sitting in your office, you know, over a linoleum table talking, <laughs> but Brian actually installed these here. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. Did that's he, did he actually machine these? Like, cause he had, a no, hand. I think these were take takeouts, but, yeah. um, anyways, um, sorry to cut you off. No, no, it's just, I, I really enjoy getting to know people. Like, like when I, when I'm good with people, like when I like people, it's like, you could do no wrong. It's always going to be, you're always going to have grace, right? True. Like, like if I like you and there's so many people I've liked in this world, which is why I think I've stayed for as long as I have, you know, if I look back at life, I can see different like phases that you like kind of go through yep. and some are very temporary. Like, thank God the drug thing was temporary, but like others become longer, more long-term stays. Um, and, overlanding and being a husband and being a father have been like for me those top three things um not necessarily in that order but if you talk to my wife it probably is <laughs> um overlanding wife kids uh i like to think it's kind of like wife kids overlanding but whatever they're all they're all up there sure um and i feel like as long as i'm doing this and i'm having a good time at it my kids are going to grow up in a way better place yeah than i did granted my father did bestow the love of the outdoors on me, similar to like your father taking you out. Our version was getting thrown in the back of the Taurus with fucking sleeping bags and tent shit and fucking kebab stuff. And like, <laughs> like being entombed, right. For like the next five and a half hours, just like stuck in the back of a Taurus hot as fuck. Cause the air conditioning is not working and going to Sequoia national park and getting there and just having the most epic time at Hume Lake. And I did that for summer over summer over summer. Yeah. So n as much shit as I could ever say about my father, which I have a lot to talk about, um, <laughs> but I've forgiven it all. Um, as much stuff as I could say about my father, one thing that I will always hold near and dear and will pass down from him, his immortality lives in the outdoors. His yeah. immortality, that the legacy that he's left will be bestowed upon my kids. They will know yeah. that their grandpa was the reason why their father loves this shit so much and got them into it. And if they should, if they should choose to go down that path, and I'm saying this because you're becoming a father, like if they should choose to go down that path, 
I would like to think they'll say like, yeah, for like generations now, yeah. like we've been into this. Yep. And I hope they do better than I did, you know, and I hope they enjoy it more than I did. And they, I hope they get the chance to go out there and, and do more than I did. Um, and you're at the cusp of it where you get to like create your legacy now and what yeah. you get to pass on. Yeah. And I think, um, so like I, the kid's not here yet. Right. And yeah. like, I, I'm, you know, I, I've Enjoy referenced it. my little sister. <laughs> I've referenced my little <laughs> Go sister. Go see movies. <laughs> That's well, she's too miserable right now. To do oh, I know. Right. Anything. Yeah. Once she gets through this phase, this first trimester, like go see movies, go to amusement parks, go do some stuff. We've talked about doing a, a small vacation yeah. pretty soon here. Oh yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, like passing down the legacy thing, we talked about it before of like not wanting to sell a customer apart because mm-hmm. they're an asshole. I'm at a point now where the last job I left, I basically said, I'm never, I never want to make an asshole money again. Like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make an asshole money. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I don't want to put my energy towards someone who not necessarily is a piece of shit, right? That's pretty brutal, but yeah, just yeah, someone yeah. who doesn't take care of people. There's or appreciate a lot of pieces people. of shit out there. There are There's um, a lot of good people out there. But I think that's been a huge motivation here. So like, um, I've been on one other podcast talking about Tiny Rig, and he asked me like what the biggest moment was, and I was cutting payroll for the first time. Oh, I bet. Like providing for other people or like giving someone an opportunity to work at a place where they believe in what they're doing, they're treated well, they're appreciated. Um, was there ever a time that you thought you could afford like six car payments? Six car payments? Uh-huh. I don't have six car payments. No. Was there ever a time that you thought you could afford six car payments? Oh, I see what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. Um, no. No. You're probably paying for like six cars. You you maybe offsetting people's mortgages and yeah, I've never rent, thought about it that way. I, or rent, dude. You could live five lives right now, six lives. Oh wait, wait, how many people you got working for you? So the genuine and correct answer to that is no, I couldn't because I couldn't do it without them. Yeah, no, 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 right? for sure. I mean, for that's, sure. I know, but my point is, is which is a great perspective you have, by the way. I really, really appreciate that because um, it works both ways, always. But you are providing for so many lives. And it's from your idea. It's from your passion. It's from this love for what you do and for where like you wanted to take it. And I remember when we'd see each other on the road and you were just a dude with a job and a vehicle. And then when I saw you leverage that and, and transition into a business owner and tiny rig and it felt like it was like to me when I was looking, I'm like, he's going to do good. Like he's doing good. I appreciate that. And then, and then you kept doing good. And then now you're doing this and you're doing even better. And, um, I was really curious. I was really curious to, to know how it all started. And I don't think I'm surprised at how it did. And I don't think, um, for me, and I'm, I'm not like some authority on fucking success because I'm still figuring out my shit, but I do, I do I do feel like I've always been a good judge of talent and character and you've never disappointed me in all the time that I've known you. I appreciate that. Even on a superficial level. um, I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like every time I've seen you do something, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like this dude is, is on his path and it's cool to see it like transform and turn into what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's red. You said like the six car payments thing. And then I like caught onto what you were saying. It's, um, you know, I, I, I made the joke, I don't know, maybe like a month ago that like, it feels like I've got kids right. In yeah. terms of oh for sure making sure that, you know, cause it's, we're still new. Like I'm not getting rich off this right now. Like I right. make less money than I used to, but I'm also incredibly fulfilled. I'm way more stressed. I'm tired. 
but I've got people that I know that like, I know in my heart, I can go home at the end of the day and say, I treated my employees well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, like you said, like I'm doing something I believe in. Hopefully they're all doing something they believe in. Right. Haley is one of our newest hires. She just left an aerospace job. She was at for six years. Um, and she's here now, right? Like there's far, pl- far more stability in what she was doing. Right. But ultimately like she came here to do what she loved. There's she was more working, passion here yeah. than there was there. Right. And I think that's something that I've, you know, my dad was a workaholic. I'm probably pretty close to that, but I'm now doing it for myself. Right. And that was actually one of the owner of the company that I was at of that PE group told me like, you shouldn't care more than I do. Mm. Right. And like, whatever I do, I always, I'm all in on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's rad. Um, I've got to remind myself, right. That we are, you know, two years old and that we, you still have a lot of mistakes to make and you still have a lot of success to grow. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. The employee thing is again, the biggest surprise to me of how much I appreciate that. I knew I wanted to have my own team. Um, I left. I mean, when I asked to take the picture, yeah, there wasn't this resignment of like, oh fuck. They were like stoked. They were stoked to go take a photo, like with you, and they flanked you immediately, and it was bitching to see, and it was rad. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I got this picture. It's um, definitely a close team. Um, we've got some new faces, but like that core of guys in the shop, I can honestly say that like every single thing they do, there's a tremendous amount of pride that they take. Um, and they're stoked on it and they're incredibly close with each yeah. other. Um, you know, it's, it sounds probably cheesy and it's like not the most macho thing, but I hear those guys say, I love you to each other pretty often. Oh, that's rad. Um, it's really oh, fucking it's cool. So cool. So, um, cool. so yeah, I mean, you spend, it's another thing, right? Is like how much time you spend with people that you work with, right. To be surrounded by people that you really enjoy working with. I think we have that. We went and we camped together. Mm-hmm. Um, in November, we went up to the Sierras and I showed them like a couple of my favorite spots up there. And it was a really, really good time. We had fun. Like it's, it's people you want to be around, you know, more than just at work. There's no reason not to get what you want, especially when you're creating. It's like an artist drawing a picture of something he hates. Who the fuck <laughs> wants to do that? You know, you're going to paint the best <laughs> picture you can. And it's going to be exactly the colors you want. And it's going to be the composition, the best to where you can paint it. Some painters, they suck. They wish they were better. <laughs> you, I think, I think you're a pretty good painter. You so far, you're doing a good job. I so, appreciate that. Um, I, I haven't seen the books, but I, I'm assuming that you're doing something right to get the expansion that you're getting to continue to grow and to continue to get the client base that is coming through. So yeah, it's. I mean, you said awesome. every bill that leaves the shops, the business card. Yeah. Right. So I think, um, yeah, we were at that American Adventurous, and um, there was someone who was interested in the camper that's on my truck. And a customer of mine was there mm-hmm. and you know, the guy's like, you know, I'm pretty handy. I can do a lot of this myself. And the dude standing next to him was like, so am I, but I would have them do this part of the install because it took me a really fucking long time. Um, so like having those people out there that vouch for you as a company, like it's, it's cool, right? It's all, it all comes back to community. Well, you know, what's cool is the people who can afford this shit, especially when, so it's like it only, you create your own customer base based off of the quality of parts that you sell. Sure. So you're going to get us, I mean, yeah, you get a certain asshole every so often and the, they're the A type who've managed to like whine bitch and yell their way to their success. Yeah. But then there's, then there's the people that have just been successful in life, appreciate somebody who's good at what they do and would rather 
pay that person to do it for them so that they have the luxury of time, which time is probably the most precious yeah. fucking commodity. You make more money, you can't make more time. You can't make more time. But if you make more money, you can produce more time sure. to do the things you love. Yeah. You don't make more time, but you can use that time to do better. So if anything, actually, guys, if you're taking some kind of like notes from this, is <laughs> if you do well, you can pay to have people do the things for you to allow you to go do the shit that you'd rather do instead of work. Like oil changes. Like, well, I, I would have, I would have changed your oil, bro. And, uh, and I would like to say on that note, thank you so much for giving me your time Yeah. to just hang out. I know you've got a pregnant wife at home and I'm sure she's waiting for you right now to like get home and hold her hair. Um, does she have long hair? Yeah. Okay. Hold her hair while she pukes and, and wonders why you guys even decided to have a child. Um, it's come up many times. I like I like to talk to you in about four years, five, no, eight years. Eight years, it should get really interesting. I like to like revisit the conversation about kids. Um, I wouldn't trade mine for the world, but had I known what I know now, I might have been a single human being <laughs> um, with maybe a wife. <laughs> But no, it's glorious. It's beautiful. All the things that people tell you before you have kids um, that they don't tell you everything else. You're in for it. I hope they treat you well. I hope you treat them well. And I'm sure you will. Like You seem like you'd be a good dad. Thanks. Yeah. If people want to come find you, where are they going? Um, so Tiny Rig, uh, Tiny Rig Co. is kind of what we're known as. Um, you can check us on Instagram. YouTube, there's a couple of videos of us talking about some stuff. We're going to go a little bigger on YouTube this year. Okay. Um, and then that personal Instagram account with the Tacomas Seek Out Beauty, yep. um, which is not that active anymore. Just not, it's not Sexy Beast, and it's not uh, whatever the other account was you said. Uh, it's Seek Sexy Out. Tacoma doesn't exist anymore. That was sexy, a bank robbery. Is that, was that a thing? Do you remember the bank robbery? No. You know, okay, this might be a good story for people. So oh, that's cool. Dude. Uh, oh, shit. We're not, we're not signing off. We're going into so, the story. Yeah, real quick. Here this, we go. This is a good one. You have so, time? Uh, yeah, okay. uh, I told her it was going to be a later night tonight. Okay. I had no idea what to expect timeline wise. I try to, I try to, I try to, I try to value your time and allow you to devalue it as much as you want. <laughs> All right. Fair All enough. Right. Um, so a couple of years ago, there was an influencer, um, that, <gasps> oh, uh, yeah, oh, wait, now I you're think, on it. No, 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 no. I remember the, it was on the news. Yes. Holy shit. So essentially someone robbed a bank for truck parts. That's the shit of it. <laughs> Uh, but also had a red Tacoma. Either you work at 5-Eleven or you have to rob a bank to do what I did. Okay. <laughs> um, this guy read and tried to rob a bank. Yeah. So essentially, um, <laughs> dude was really nice too. That's the crazy part is like, I don't, you don't have to be a dick to rob something. Uh, uh, just be misguided. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Robbing a bank for likes is friend, tough. Friendly, friendly bank robber. But yeah. So red Tacoma. And so that was like kind of a joke was oh, like, Sexy T uh, was like the short for it. So that's when you went down that path. And I hear like the start of sexy. I think of sexy Tacoma. Oh my which, God. That's so funny. Yeah. So no, I remember that dude. Oh my God. Yeah. He got totally busted. Yeah. And there's a, you remember when Nike was doing like, I forget what it was. Um, anyways, you can go and find that Instagram account too. You can search sexy Tacoma, like 2.0 or something like that. Okay. And there's like one post on that page and it's like, is a he out of jail of, now or is he still in jail? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I think he's out, but yeah. I, it's not something I'm. He's not getting all towards. the sponsors right now. Uh, probably not. That's poor guy. Yeah. But hey, Martha Stewart did okay, so 
There's other things you can rob. I mean, Starbucks. I saw I saw fun with Dick and Jane. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, yeah. They rob they rob coffee shops. It seems like a way safer bet than a bank. I, but I'm not telling you to go do anything. You did not hear. Please that don't. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. Um, you should go earn your fucking money like the rest of us. Yeah. Or leverage a company and build your ultimate dream car. Oh. Oh. Okay. Taking notes. Yeah. That's yeah. so. Anyways. Good story. Yeah, I thought that was going to go on way longer. I thought there was uh, like, I kept it short, and also it just doesn't feel right to. <laughs> Poor guy, he's already yeah. down. Yeah, he's already down. He's like, "Fuck, I got busted." I, I all I wanted was that total chaos, fucking a arm, whatever, and the fucking Camberg, whatever the fuck it is. I'm sorry, it's not my world. I I don't. Know. Oh yeah, you just mixed. Uh, There's two things that compete with each other, right? Yeah, yeah I think I did it on purpose. Nope. Um. Anyways, so. You guys can uh, find out about Tiny Rig. Uh, one more time. Uh, tinyrigco.com or tinyrigco on Instagram. Okay. And then you know his personal account, which I, I, I would actually recommend following Seek Out Beauty because it is the one Tacoma that I always wanted if I was to ever own a Tacoma. It's the, it's, the, it's the Tacoma that 511 should have built, and they built that monstrosity. <laughs> that they, did you see that thing? The quicksand it's one. It's so right? heavy. It's not set up. It's like supposed to be a pre-runner, but like the first bump you hit, it just bottoms out. It's just like thunk. Uh, there's a guy that nicknamed my truck Confused Overlander because it's like a pre-runner build yeah. with a Prelander is the name for it. Pre- yeah, so that's another one. My buddy Matt Rocklander. was the first one who ever said pre-lander. And I'm like, that is fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, pre-lander. Like, I would want to be a pre-lander too. And then I, and then somebody just did a magazine article. I think it was in the new OVR mag. Um, is it on George? I don't know, but somebody calls themselves the pre-lander. Okay. Yeah, and so it's a thing. It's a thing now. But my buddy Matt, three to one, he was the one who's like, because he used to work at a pre-lander shop, but he's really big in overlanding now. He's like, I want to build a pre-lander. I'm like, that's a really cool name. Um, and I think I think subconsciously that's where I've kind of gravitated towards anyways. Mm-hmm. Granted, I steal all of Matt's ideas, so I probably subconsciously stole his idea to build what I have. You're a Jeep owner, though, so you're a Rocklander, not a Prelander. Yeah, my license plate is Rocklander, actually. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, I like to think that I came up with that, but then I realized Trail Recon had it, and then this other guy had it, and then this other guy had it. I'm like, oh, I'm not that. <laughs> not that creative. I'm not that unique of a fucking <laughs> butterfly snowflake. Um but I, I do like that, the, the Rocklander. But at the same time, I like going fast, too. So I'm really in the pursuit. Yeah. Right now, I'm in the pursuit of I want to go fast. I want to do the rocks. I want an Ultra 4 car is what I want. So, <laughs> so, on that note. You're building a Suburban. Well, no, I'm building a Suburban, yeah. But that's going to be the Family National Park. Tour, uh, it's not the Ultra tour 4. No, no, no. Okay. I'm doing a photo shoot this weekend um, with Tread Magazine. Okay. And as soon as that's done, I'm going to work on getting my Jeep up to Minden. We're going to chop it the fuck up. We're going to pull out. We're going to pull all the Overland stuff out. We're going to do the suspension, whatever it needs, right? And then I'm going to fit all the Overland shit in there. Okay. And I'm going to have the ultimate vehicle, I think, at that point. We're going to outboard the suspension in the rear. The front's been really good. Actually, the front's been amazing. Fins and things is like a downhill fucking like rock crawl. Uh, on the second half of fins and things, have you been on there? Yeah. Okay, so you get you get a little fun on that, and we were going like forty five like plus on that fucking trail, <laughs> and I almost flew off a cliff actually. It was we were going that fast, and uh, the front suspension just soaked everything up. It was great. The way that Rebel did their mount, the way that the Bilsteins work and the triple bypasses, like everything works 
fucking awesome taking it. On the back end, I feel like I'm going to die every time my fucking back end goes up and comes back down. So it needs a lot of work. And so what's going to happen is we're going to chop up the rear. We're going to go outboard. We're going to do whatever we got to do to make it work right. And then I'm going to figure out where the fuck my fridge goes. Um, and, uh, and if I can salvage any of the goose gear stuff, I'm going to fit it into all that. Okay. And we'll see what we come up with. Right. Yeah. It should be fun. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. This was a little bit of a longer one. We're at a, wow, we're at an hour 20. That's, that's as long as we've gone in the last like four or five episodes. I, yeah. Oops. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's bitching. I mean, I was, like I said, I was really excited for this. Um, it's not too often you get to meet somebody that you were like looking up to uh, for what they had built and then get a chance to kind of sit down with them, have them give you an hour and a half and get to know them better. So thank you again for that. You're welcome. Um, the people that helped me get here, Torco. Uh, Torco's just been a huge partner for me like for decades now, two decades going with uh, Torco. And they're now helping me um, get to where I want to go and you know, making it easier for me, uh, them and Nemesis Industries. Um, Magnaflow has always been uh, my, cautious, uh, my cautious observer. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> bit off the cuff Uh, I think with the way that rich runs his uh, ship, Uh, but he's supported me well and I appreciate all the help that he's given uh, throughout the years and uh, on this podcast and on with my project. So uh, super thankful for that. Casey lights uh, for always being there uh, for what I need. I I remember you actually mentioned use the cyclones in the 50 tens, right? I love Bajas for everything, but the cyclones just crush it. You can't. So, little there's a there's a podcast i'm sure that talks about this but i went through a little phase where i left casey i was no longer the director of marketing i was a little butthurt i i was like i was feeling like you know they thought i couldn't be anything without him i got baja to sponsor me full ride (laughs) full fucking ride from baja and i you know huge thanks to that team for like dealing with me um being there for me and and being open to building that relationship. And I'm sorry that I returned the box and I gave everything back because I'm still with Casey. But for the reason of, I'm like, one of my best friends is the owner of Casey. Yeah. So it's weird, right? And like, I can't bring myself to go do that thing. Um, but they make great lights. But the one thing they couldn't fuck with was the Cyclones. And it's funny because... Yeah. The one, I was like on the fence, right? I already got the box in. I already got everything in. And I had talked to whoever I talked to and the Cyclones would have been okay. Except the guy that they hired to run the marketing said, we can't use your, your rig for anything if you have those Cyclones on there. Because they're probably in super noticeable spots too, right? Probably, but I'd already had the conversation. <laughs> I'm sarcastic. Well, my, well, oh yeah, okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just, I was trying to wrap my head around it because I had talked to a higher up level. Sure. And gotten the clearance. And so as long as I get to keep my, that was actually a caveat. I'm like, as long as I get to keep the cyclones, because I don't want your stupid lights, your little mini lights. No offense to Baja. They make amazing lights. Brian from Goose Gear. Fucking that's all he'll run. Like you, that's what you run. Like, but the cyclones, they're a special light that were designed well and, and good. And on the V2s, I'm the one responsible for coming up with the idea of the replaceable covers. Well done. Because my shit was cracking on the V1s with the little fucking rivets. I might give Baja a little little dab, though, for the replaceable covers. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I didn't even know about Baja at the time. 
Um, at least what, whatever the fuck they had. But I'm like, I told Bobby over at Casey, I'm like, dude, these fucking covers need to get replaced because my shit's cracked and I don't want to buy another one. I haven't cracked any of mine. I've got mine in my Fender well and I've. Do you have the original, the V1s? Yeah, the V1s. Yeah. And they're, I mean, my Tacoma, the 35s, even with fiberglass and long travel, like my Fender wells are my bump stops. Okay. And my Cyclones then are my bump stops. So I've beat the absolute shit out of them and they're you still got, perfect. You never got that one rock in the right place nope. to smash it. Yeah. Well, if you do, the Cyclone 2s will totally take care of that, that whole entire <laughs> problem. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, full disclosure, when I started this on my own, I returned everybody's money. All the sponsors, I gave them all their money back. Because I didn't know where this was going to go. And I didn't know if I was going to keep doing it. I didn't know if there were stories that I wanted to tell or stories I wanted to, like, capture. Um, I didn't know, especially with a job like Makita, like, I don't know if my fucking worlds are going to collide in a way that it can sustain this thing. So far, so good. Cool. I might miss a week here or there, but we've been pretty consistent for 2023. And uh, we've got an episode coming out this Friday and two Fridays from now or from that time. This episode will come out and hopefully until then, I've recorded something else. Uh, we'll see what happens. But thanks, bro. I appreciate yeah, your time. I, thank you. If anybody gives a shit about me, I will be at Kate the Jeep or on YouTube at Fix, Break, Repeat, which is my way of doing things instead of researching stuff um and for all you loyal listeners thank you for all your support uh for all you new people hopefully you give me a little uh chance to uh keep you keep you listening and uh send me a dm if there's anything you guys want to listen to and if you guys got any music choices or ideas or concepts or things that you've heard in the easily accessible licensable music realm Take care,